Why does it matter that all voices get a chance to be heard? And how can we all play a part in making that happen? You're listening to Brave New Girls podcast, where we help you with the health of your body, mind, life and the world around you. I'm Lou Hamilton, artist, author and podcast producer, and my mission is to give you simple steps to heal yourself, help others and create a healthier planet. If you're interested in learning how to help empower all voices, then listen to my guest, Selena Brown, whose work as founder and CEO of the Black British Book Festival aims to benefit the lives of people and the planet by breaking down barriers for black British writers and providing a platform for emerging talent where historically they've been underrepresented in the literary world. Welcome, Selena, to Brave New Girls podcast. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. Really pleased to have you here. So can you tell us about the Black British Book Festival? And we'll go into how it came about and why you wanted to do it and who you wanted to champion in doing this. But give us an overview on what it is and how it's doing and how you're growing it. Okay, so the Black British Book Festival is Europe's largest Black literature festival. I am the CEO and founder. I founded it in 2021. And since then, we have grown significantly in size. This past October, we had our um, festival at the London Southbank Centre, which is Europe's largest art centre. We had over 4,000 people attend that festival. And it was absolutely incredible with the likes of Leanne Pinnett, Dawn Butler, Gary Young, Artsy from Strictly Come Dancing. It was absolutely incredible. But the main, the, the main takeaway is that people were able to engage with Black British authors and we were able to give them national and international recognition, which is what we're here to do. And did you find that the audiences were mixed? Predominantly, when we look at our evaluation, because we do that after every festival, we do get a predominant Black audience because that is our core target audience. But we do, obviously, we get people from across the world, across all abilities, across all races. So, yeah, it was incredible and a great mix. And do you find that as a result of the festival that you're finding that more publishers are realising that they're missing out on this if they don't become more diverse so we're quite fortunate that this year i say this year last year 2023 we had incredible support from the publishers so just so our a headline sponsor was pan mcmillan and then we had Penguin, Hachette, Simon Schuster, Sage. Yes, different, really amazing publishers, part of the top five and even beyond that, coming to put our festival. So this says to us that they recognise that a change needs to occur and that they're willing to support that change to happen. So we get incredible support and not even that like brand auto support so we had audible ingram spark we had society of authors the book trust we had incredible support from all across different types of organizations and companies and publishers and again this demonstrates that there's a real need for change within the publishing industry as we know it's predominantly a very white middle class industry so entering into that space as a, a black person, as a just anybody that's from a diverse background, 
can be very challenging, hence the reason we exist. And do you find that writers are starting to feel that, oh, okay, actually there's, if we write our books, they're going to get seen, they're going to get read, they're going to get promoted. Have you found that people are coming out of the woodwork? So in terms of authors finding challenges to publishing their work, within the Black community, I speak to obviously a lot of Black authors and writers. And one of the main challenges that they experience is being too Black. What does that mean? They're like, Selena, am I able to talk about this in my book? I.e., I don't know, coming from a Jamaican household and eating, I don't know, ackee and saltfish. Can I talk about that or would it be seen to be too Black? From an African background, can I talk about something that happens within an African tradition, like a, I don't know, a, a ceremony of some sort, or will that be too Black? Will it scare people away, i.e. white publishers away, white editors away, by talking about our culture and our heritage? Because we have to understand that like every other industry, the publishing is a business. Publishers are there to make money. And this whole being too black thing, there's a kind of people are scared to put themselves out there because they're aware that publishers might think that if they put a book out that's, you know, about the black experience, about the raw black experience, that people won't be able, i.e. white people won't be able to understand the story and then the, the book won't be published. Because unfortunately in 2024, some publishers think that there isn't an audience for Black books. And it's scary because, as I've just explained, we had over 4,000 people attend our festival and around 85% of them were Black that came out to see Black authors. That we had a, we were, we had a, a self-publishing village within the festival made up of over 150 Black self-published authors. Most of them sold out their books. This demonstrates there's a hunger, real hunger for these books, hence the reason that we're here. And obviously there's challenges in, in getting agents, which is across the board. There's challenges in obviously finding a publisher, that's across the board. But these other little challenges that nobody, that are very exclusive to diverse communities, to black communities, are what we're here to eradicate, basically. And so do you find that the writers who dilute themselves down, dilute their writing down, are more likely to get published? Or do you say to them, no, stick with what, who you are, what you do, what you say, what your culture is? So it's interesting is that there's two answers to that. In that you can, there's two paths. So one person might actually, okay, cool. There's three paths. One person might say, okay, I've got my book. I'm not going to dilute it. But then they go to a traditional publisher and some publishers and editors actually dilute it for them. And they're stuck in a situation whereby I really want this book deal. I really want to be out there. I'm going to have to just suck it up and just go along with this. Second, there's some people that are saying, you know what? I've got my book here and I'm not going to dilute this. And they bring it to publishers and some publishers might accept it. Some might say it's not for us. 
and the, and the ones that say it's not from us, a lot of them end up going down the self-publishing route. Hence the reason that that so self-publishing is on the rise because you have full control over your art. You have full control over your creativity and nobody's watering down or diluting anything. And then there's the third route. That's the two. And then that's the self-publishing route is the third route. And it's difficult. It's difficult because as I say to people, I'm actually, I've actually got a two book deal. My book's coming out next year. And I was quite honest and upfront with my publishers. And I said, this is the story that I'm going to tell. And I want it to stick like this. And there were little things within the story. And, I, and they were like, oh, we don't know if that's going to, it's got to stay. Because that will relate to the people I'm talking to. You might not understand that. Well, that's what happened. And they, if we change it, it's not going to feel authentic. And people aren't going to connect to it. Even though you might not understand, that's what happened. And I'm being the person that I am. I'm quite, I'm aware of what I bring to the table. I'm aware of who I want my work to speak to and what I want my work to do within the world. However, unfortunately, there's some authors, writers out there are quite more timid and will sit back and be like, oh, okay, that's fine. Which is okay if you have that personality type. But I do believe that you have to advocate for yourself because if you don't, nobody else is going to do that. So does this mean that there's a need for more black agents and black publishers who are going to see the worth of the, the book and go for it because they understand it, they understand the audience and they're not going to try and dilute? 100%. I think, I think it makes the process easier to have someone within the machine, within the publishing industry that understands your language, understands your culture and, they, and just get it and that can advocate for you. But we also have to understand that the editors and agents also have issues too because they also have to, they also have to answer to someone to explain why they think that's okay and that person might not get it. And it's multi-layered. There's no one there. It's multi-layered, but having someone within there is definitely makes a process easier that can walk that walk with you and that they're helping you along the way. It definitely makes it much easier. Having a Black British book festival pushes all of that to the surface and addresses the sort of whole kind of systemic problem, doesn't it? Exactly. And it's multi-layered, it's multifaceted. And we are here, we exist, but we are aware that we're not going to solve it all. And it's been going on for generations. And so there's many organizations out there that are fighting this fight and wanting to make a change. We saw a massive shift when George Floyd got murdered. A lot of publishers actually started looking at their list, started taking on more black authors, more writers started putting out more programs, mentoring programs. Some of that still continues. Some of that is not. You've faded away. Um, We're here to say that the Black British Book Festival, we are running some amazing programs. So we have a mentoring program that we're about to start with Pamela Millen. That's going to work with new and emerging Black authors, take them through all the depths of like real in-depth mentor from editors and from the rights team, all of that. Take them through the whole publishing pipeline. More so working with Paramount because there's a definite need for more black script writers and more black series and films to be made as well. It's across the board. They've identified that they want to also invest in black 
talents were working with Paramount and they've actually just worked with Dow Technologies where we set up a, a library, a black British book library in Freydon at the Rift Youth Centre. It had over 700 titles that we donated to a community centre and that library is open to the community. And so we're doing the work, we're doing the work, we're doing the work to make a shift, to create more opportunities, to create more visibility and to really empower black authors and writers wherever they are in their journey. So I want to give some context to this and to go back to your childhood. I'm a lot older than you. I remember when I was a kid, if black children were represented in books, it was racist. And we have shifted. But when you were a child, what was it like? What were the books for you? Yeah, I don't actually remember seeing a black child in a storybook in my childhood. And if I did, it was one that my mum packed in salt. It wasn't that you could just walk into the bookshop or to sew that you'd get one off the shelf. You actually had to, be, had to go out there and source it. Or it was a hand-me-down <laughs> that had ripped corners that had been passed from generation to generation. And as a child, I did, I did the typical Jacqueline Wilson books and all that. But then obviously I stumbled across upon many black men when I got a bit older, which was a game changer, like a real game changer. And then I just remember, I just, I read all her books. I actually got to see Melanie Blackman at Cheltenham Festival. And then I was like, proper fangirl, mate. I was like, you changed my life. Which is like, yeah. I was like, no, <laughs> you changed my life. That lady changed my life. Because I was like, wow, okay, cool. There's people that speak about the black experience that understand family dynamics, that understand certain things that are said within the household that get it. Wow. So on that, I went through a press, a quest for more books that kind of were speaking the language that I spoke and I've led down the whole American route. And so I just read a lot of American books because there weren't many black British um, authors out at the time. And that's what sparked my writing journey. Before we go on, I'm just going to press pause for a moment to acknowledge all you brave new girls, guests and listeners for the stellar work that you do in the world. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts so that we can reach more people. Now, back to the guest. And so now I have three children and I, their bookshelf is deliberately black. Very much deliberately black. And so I... They have, most of their characters are black that look like them. And I think that deliberately because I want them to read books that they can relate to, that they can resonate with. Like when they open their story, they see a black astronaut or black, I don't know, scuba diver. And they can imagine that it's possible for them. You have an image that looks like them. And yeah, they do read books with other characters, white characters, Asian characters, all that. Well, that exists out in the world anyway that exists out in the world. When they go to school, that's there. When they go to the night unit, that's there. When they go to Waterstones, that's there. But to have a very particular curated library, children's library, is what I've done for them. And yeah, they're like, oh, my mummy, she got hair like mine. And it really gives something to them. My two-year-old's only two, and she has a book that I've named her book, and she reads it every day. It's called Daddy Does My Hair, or something like that. And she's like a bored boy and she reads that and she loves it and she eats it and she licks it and she loves it. 
She's <laughs> too. And yeah, and so I, I'm actually a children's author myself. And I've written a book, Name of the Green Juice, and it's a girl with a big upright. And the reason why I started the festival is because when I was self-publishing that book, I was told by somebody within the industry that book wouldn't sell because you had a girl with a black afro on the front. And that was in 2020. So it wasn't even like it was like 1,000 years ago. No, it was recently. So people still have that ideology within the industry. And that's why actually that was a, the, the, the kind of catalyst. That was the starting point. I was like, something has to be done. A change needs to be made. But even before then, I was like, okay, cool. Am I imagining this? Was that, is that really what happened? And you start second guessing yourself. Did that really happen to me? Or maybe I'm just overreacting. But then I spoke to other black authors and writers and actually they were also experiencing problems like this as well. And the reason that the festival's here. And it's one thing seeing a problem and it's another coming up with a solution and making it happen so building a book festival from scratch is no small task so how did you do that i truly believe one thing when you're on purpose you get given it and i truly honestly believe that let me give you an example a tree does not need anything to grow the tree gets the sun, it gets the rain, it gets the mud, it gets all the things it needs to grow. When you're truly on purpose, so I got given everything abundantly by the universe to assist me on this path because I truly believe, and not even believe, I know this is what I'm meant to do. So the team was there, the sponsors were there. Don't get me wrong, there were challenges, but the challenges are there to help you grow. So you can't stop. Some people stop at the challenges. You can't stop. You can't stop at the challenges. So I already know in my head, there's going to be major. So even at the start of this year, there's going to be major challenges. There's going to be major blockages. Yes, I might have a cry. Yes, I might feel down. But I know this is my purpose. I cannot stop. So I'm unapologetic about that. Second, I love this. I'm working every single day on this because I just love it. It doesn't feel like work. And emails don't feel like work. Giving meetings don't feel like work because it's cool. I love this. It's cool. I get to talk about books all day. This is great. And so that's how I did it. I have three kids. My phone is everything. I can do emails. So my typical day, I have to do a school run in the morning. I have to do pickups. I have to make dinner. I have to put things in the washing machine. I have to do all the mummy things, read stories, have baths. And I have to have, and I also run the largest festival in Europe. And so it's all about balance as well. It's all about self-care. Because one of the things I've realized is that if you go too much, you can go on empty. When you go on empty, it can drain the body, mental health problems, you can physical problems, all of that. So what I actually do now and I've implemented start this year is a me day. Every Monday is my me day. Yesterday was my me day. It was a Monday. I stayed in the spa and I sat there and I slept like a baby. I was in the sauna and then I went into a plunge pool with freezing cold water and I was reading my book. Oh, it was my me day. 
and I don't feel guilty about because with mums you can feel guilty like you can feel really guilty but no you have to give back to self another thing I also have an amazing team so I delegate things a lot you have to have a team so right about now I've got about six people that work for me from like social media to my PA to producers all of that I delegate I can't do it all I cannot do it all and like the people that I have working on my team, I think they're amazing and I trust them. So when I give them my task, I know it's going to be done to the highest level. So having a great team around you. And yeah, just enjoying the journey, man. It's not easy. It's not, it's actually not easy at all. And it's a mammoth task. But when you're really committed, and not only that, when I see the impact that it makes, when I see, when I saw all of them, we had like a 2,000 seats at the South Bank Centre. When I saw that full, I'm like, how can I not? How can I not? How can I not do what I do? It's making an impact. But yeah, just enjoying the journey and just, yeah, just taking it each day as it comes. And what is the biggest challenge you face where you're at right now? I think it was convincing people that I'm capable. So you have to understand, yeah. I'm, People perceive me to be a young black girl from Birmingham. And so a lot of these spaces that I go into are predominantly white. And so you're gonna do and so you're gonna do a festival at Southbound. Yeah? You. Yeah? So it's like convincing people that it can be done is one of the things. So I had to work twice as hard to prove that it could be done. The, the level that I set for myself was excellent and only excellent. Every email, every meeting had to show up and be excellent. So that was a challenge because it can be draining. But again, going back, this is my purpose. This is what I'm meant to do. Keep on going, Selena. All will be well. It will manifest. And it did. And so I think because now... I've done what I've done. And we had great publicity for the festival. I was in the Cosmopolitan magazine, Women's Hour and The Guardian. All them things happened. And so it really gave visibility and really solidified what the Black British Book Festival was and also what Selena Brown was capable of. And looking ahead, what's your vision for the future for the festival? How do you want to grow it? So, yeah, this is it. So we had a strategic board meeting the other day. And this is the question. This is the question. When I was, when we were doing the book festival at South Bank, somebody came up to me and was like, oh my God, this is a great, amazing. You're never going to get better than this. And I was like, oh. I don't know, you hear them, of them, them singers and rappers and whatever that have that one great album. And it's scary because you don't want it. You don't want your life to be that. You don't want it just to be the one album. I don't want that festival just to be the best festival ever. But you want to obviously be better and grow. And so the question, and that's the question. Like, we've got amazing plans for this year. Again, getting to it. And watch this space, basically, because I don't have the answers yet. I can't answer it. By this time next year, come back and I'll let you know. So we have a, a mixed audience, mixed listeners across the world. How can we all play our part in this? I think you can play your part. Simplest thing to do, go to a book shop, 
and pick up a book that you would never think of reading and then give it to someone else and then go buy another one. Like I said before, the publishing industry is a business. So if we can spend our dollars, spend our yen, spend our pounds in these bookstores and show to them that there is an audience for these books, that's how we get more books on that bookshelf. So that's the simplest thing that how I say you can do. From your experience and what you're trying to do, how do you define courage? I find my courage by when I'm in my darkest moment or when I'm feeling really narrow or when I'm feeling really scared or when I'm feeling really nervous, I think of my grandmother. And I think of my grandmother because she's a Jamaican woman. She came to the UK when she was 19 years old. And she left her mom and dad and her family all behind to come to this whole country to start a new life. She was like, I'm much older than that. And I'm like, whatever you're facing right now is not as scary as that. You can do this to me. Keep it moving. Get over it. Pull up your hands, wipe your tears and get on moving. Thank you so much, Selena, for breaking down the barriers to entry for Black authors into the world of books and giving them a platform where historically they were underrepresented and unheard. Growing from strength to strength, the British Black Book Festival is the biggest in Europe and is setting the stage for a better world. Thank you so much for your amazing work. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Selena. Take care and keep up the great work. Bye. Thank you so much, Selena, for showing us that history doesn't have to determine the present and that the future of all voices is in our hands. You can find out more about Selena's work on www.blackbritishbookfestival.com and follow her on LinkedIn at Selena Brown. Thank you so much for listening. I hope today's story inspired you on your own Brave New Girl journey. If you need further support, head over to www.bravenewgirlmedia.com. Come